right. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Becoming a Financially Confident Woman podcast. Before I get into today's topic, I just want to thank you all. I want to thank you who downloaded, who listened to this podcast, who subscribe and share with your friends. We have reached 1,000 downloads, so I am extremely excited, and I just want to say thank you. I want to say uh, thank you. I'm so grateful for you feeling that this is valuable to you enough to download it. I want to thank you for sharing it with your friends and those people you care about. Just thank you. Thank you so much. You know, I started this podcast because I really want to educate women. I know uh, when I was, um, you know, moving through life, I didn't have any help in this area. And I made so many financial mistakes and just didn't have any mentorship or any support. There really weren't any books written about this a lot. And so I wanted to educate women as I educated myself. And so I don't claim to be an expert, but this is a field that I now work in. This is my career now, whereby I help women create and grow generational wealth. And it's important to me that we are educated, that we are empowered, that we are encouraged without any judgment. And so uh, so that we can live the life we deserve. You know, we women, we work hard, we are educated, we are smart, we are savvy, um, we're beautiful, and we should live the life we deserve and learn how to deal with the finances so that we can do that. And um, today we're going to talk about a topic that I, I see a lot. Um, I work primarily with women, executives, women business owners, and their families. And so when I work with families, typically what happens is the woman will be attracted to me first. Perhaps they found me on social media, on my website, or they may have heard me speak at an event. And so they schedule time with me. And when I find out that they have a significant other, it is important for the three of us to get together. So I really do not like working with a woman who has a significant other and the significant other is not involved. And so there is now literally a form that she will have to sign off on that says, listen, I can make financial decisions without my significant other before I work with her. Because I just believe in a team approach to this to this process. I believe that if you have someone uh, that you are with um, and you are sharing everything and doing life together. Well, this is part of life. And so I really encourage um, the people that I work with that if they have someone, a uh, life partner, significant other spouse, that they be involved in this. And so that is a segue into today's topic. Today, we're going to talk about talking to your significant other about money. And, you know, it's the love month. You know, it is February and it is Black History Month. And for me, those things intertwine. I am um, an African-American woman. Um, and so I and, and I'm, you know, I'm black and I, <clears throat> I'm not in a relationship. So I do not have a significant other per se, but I did. Uh, those of you may have heard my story. I was married and, and now I am divorced. And so one of the issues that we had very prevalent in our marriage was finances. Um, a lot of it was the lack of finances. And so when people come to meet with me, 
one of the things I always identify or tell them rather is there it's a, it's two problems. It's one of two problems, excuse me, or both. So it could be you have an income shortage, meaning you need to make more money or you have a spending problem. So or it could be both. Sometimes you don't make enough money and you spend more than you should. And so you figure, well, how can you do that? Believe me, it can be done. I've done it and I've seen people do it. And so, you know, I know that that's one that that's typically one of the two problems or both, like I said. And so when they come to work with me, the goal, the objective is to help them, to encourage them, not just basic personal finances, but creating a a financial lifestyle that you are not ashamed of, one that you deserve, uh, one that if if life happens, you know, now the new phrase is life be lifing. And so if life start lifing, you can respond to the lifing part of life without, you know, freaking out, without not knowing how you're going to manage. And so that's, you know, that's why I do the work that I do. And when I meet with people, like I said, you must bring your significant other. They need to be involved. And so today we're going to talk about like how to do that, because a lot of times women come and see me. And like I said, they may come alone. They're attracted on their own. And when we dig a little deeper, we find that they may have a life partner or spouse, but they handle their finances completely separate. And so um, and that's the way they choose to do it. Maybe one spouse may be a little more of a spendthrift and the other spouse is a little more frugal or money conscious and, and um, focused on, you know, the money than the other spouse. And so they don't necessarily have the same habits and that has caused problems in the relationship or is just causing them to say, you know what, you're going to handle your money. I'm going to handle my money. And that's kind of the way it is. And then there are some relationships that I see where uh, they both have their own pots of money, but then they everything for the couple, for the house, um, everything that pertains to them and the relationship as one unit, they may share the, the finances there. So all of the money for the household expenses may go into one bank account, and then they may have separate accounts for themselves where now, you know, they are, they can do what they want to do with their money. And, and, you know, that's kind of what, what I usually recommend when I'm working with people, because, you know, it, it gives you a sense of independence, right? You, you don't, if, if you like to go out to lunch every day and your significant other is a bad, you know, brown bagger, you know, um, you have your money and they have theirs and they can do what they want to do. But there's no one person that has more than the other if crap hits the fan. So if life start lifing, you know, it shouldn't be a situation where, you know, my my significant other is more of a saver so they don't spend what all the money they have. And so things start happening in the family or in the household. And now one person has more money than the other. And then there becomes resentment and the person is not sharing. So I see some of that. And now because us women, we make more, we're doing well financially. Uh, We are starting businesses very fast now. We're growing women, um, African-American women, business owners um, are growing at a really fast rate. Um, we're making more money. We're more educated now. 
and, you know, then our counterparts. And so we're finding that a lot of us are the breadwinner in our household. And because of that, you know, we may handle the finances. We bring in a lot of the money in, in a lot of cases. And that also can be a problem because one spouse may feel inadequate and not feel comfortable and they don't get to see the finances and the resources. And so uh, it can make for a very tough relationship. And I know because I've been through it myself. Finances is was a big part of uh, the reason why I am divorced. Um, it was the lack of finances, uh, most mostly. Uh, that I think that was one of the foundational issues that were there. And then the fact that I just didn't know. I mean, I just really, we struggled so much. We had an income problem. So today we're going to talk about, like, how do you talk to your significant other? Like, how do you begin this journey? You may be in a relationship where you guys haven't shared the money. You know, he has his or she has hers and, you know, the other person has theirs. And it's very closed mouth. You know, I used to hear my grandmother used to have this saying, uh, you know, don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. And, you know, women say, you know, I got to have my secret stash, you know, because, you know, I just got to have my stash. And I, I don't I don't disagree with that. I think you should have some money put to the side. But I do not think that the spouse shouldn't be, you know, aware that, hey, this exists. And if life starts lifing, we can come together with whatever side money you have and your partner have to put it together to solve the problem in the household. So we'll talk about dealing with financial challenges as a couple. And so I, I'm giving you these tips because they're based really on my mistakes. They're based on the things that I've experienced. They're based on the things that I've seen when people have come to see me to begin working on their finances, investing and saving and just creating a financial plan. And so these tips are just a mishmash of all of that. You know, one thing, you know, as a single woman, too, I think this is very important because if you're planning on, you know, um, taking on a life partner, if you're going to get legally married or you're just going to live with each other, there are common law um issues based on the state that you live in, um, you know, what you come into the marriage with. And in most cases, you it's yours, but if not, you know, so there are a lot of legal stuff and ramifications that you need to be aware of to protect yourself, especially if you are going into a relationship and you are the primary owned earner in the relationship. So that is very important. And, you know, I do this workshop called The Five Biggest Mistakes Women Make With Their Money. And one of the things that I find or I, I see in my experience is, you know, we single women or women in general, we fall in love quickly. You know, he's amazing. Uh, she's amazing. You know, um, we're in love. We're going to go ahead and boom, everything, you know, first kiss and everything else. We start sharing our bodies and sharing um, everything with each other, but we have a hard time having the money conversation. For some reason, it's like taboo to ask, like, how much money do you make or what's your credit score or how do you feel about saving for the future and 
just having those money conversations seem to be really taboo. It's like, I'm not talking, I'm not telling him how much I make, and he's not telling her how much he makes, but you can share everything else. It just is bizarre to me, but I think that's the world that we tend to live in. And I think that I don't think you should have the money conversation with just anyone. I think this conversation should be had with someone that you intend on doing life with. So you have made a commitment and and you're moving in the direction where you believe this is your life partner. And now it's time to start talking about things, talking about things that will impact your relationship, your life together. And money is necessary and and money issues are necessary and understanding how your partner uh, behaves when it comes to dealing with money is important. And so without further ado, let's let's just dive in. So, you know, like I said, it it's a difficult topic. And I would say the first step or the first tip to beginning this process is really just getting prepared. You know, I don't think that you should start these conversations when it's tense. So, you know, if if you're having an argument or you're starting to see some some things about some ways that they handle money that you may not be cool with. Uh, perhaps you're noticing that they're spending a lot or spending frivolously or, um, you know, NSF fees or you see you hear creditors calling or different things and you start jumping down their throat. That's probably not the best way to handle that. So we really need to make sure that we set the stage. The stage has to be set to have these conversations because I tell people who come to see me all the time, this is an extremely vulnerable topic. I say to the ladies that come to see me, or the women, the people who identify as women as well, you know, it, it, do you go to the GYN? How many times do you go to the GYN? How many times do you change your GYN? You don't change your GYN quite often, right? I mean, because when you go to the GYN, I mean, you're spread eagle. Everything is out and exposed, right? Because they have to see and understand what's going on inside your body. The same thing when it comes to dealing with your finances. And I know that's a graphic visualization, but it's truth. Like you literally have to take off everything and you have to share what's going on and you have to give someone uh, a, a visual exposure to your body. It's the same thing with your finances. So this is a very sensitive topic. It's a very vulnerable topic. Um, people have a lot of issues and you've got to be very careful in how you speak to your mate about money and when you guys decide to have a conversation about money, it really shouldn't be, especially not the first one, it shouldn't be when everything is a mess. You know, it shouldn't be where you start noticing things and you're angry about it and they're angry about it and you're biting each other's heads off because uh, you can't pay a bill or something. So setting the stage to have the money conversation is important. And that stage is really agreeing that you're going to have honest and open communication. You know, you've got to be committed to that. You've got to be committed to sharing what's going on with your finances. And again, this is not just anybody. So this is not any person that you're going to do this with. And, you know, if you're dating someone, I think 
You can pick up some things and you can ask some questions about money that helps you understand their their values, their money values and their goals. You know, but when you start asking detailed questions about, you know, salary and and savings and credit, that is something that you now you are moving in the commitment arena, like I said before. But making sure you you both agree that you're going to be honest and you're going to be have open communication with no judgment. And I know that is so hard, right? Because we judge all the time, but you really have to be committed to that. Like, listen, you're not going to beat each other up. You're not going to call names. You're, you're going to try your best not to be judgmental and you and try to create an environment where the person feels safe sharing this information with you. And whatever that environment is for you, sometimes it's pillow talk, um, sometimes it's a nice dinner, a walk in the park, um, just sitting down at home without a distraction, without television, and just whipping it out and having the conversation and honest dialogue about where you are financially. And you have to be willing to share that information. Listen, you cannot expect someone to trust you with their life where, and you, you can't trust them to share this important information. And I have seen marriages torn apart. I work with divorcees too. And I find that now they find out that their spouse has been lying all the time and they make more than they said or they have more in retirement and more in savings than they said. And so now this creates an air of distrust. And I think it's something like 42% of marriages now end in divorce. And the number two reason is finances. So we really need to make sure that we set the stage, that we are with someone that we feel comfortable communicating with in an honest way, that you make sure that you guys are in a comfortable location, enjoying each other where there's no stress, there's no pressure to begin to have these conversations. Talk about your personal stories and 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 um, things that have occurred, you know, happened in your life financially. Uh, just that you can be vulnerable with maybe things you experienced growing up, things that you dumb things that you've done, um, smart things that you've done, uh, cool stuff. Just share stories about money and how it has impacted your life and and, um, you know, what you see for each other in terms of handling money. So that's the first thing is really just creating the environment where both of you can be vulnerable, can openly communicate, can share without judgment. So that would be the first thing. The second thing is understanding each other's money mindset. You know, I have a podcast episode here where I talk about that. Um, and, you know, your money mindset really is shaped by your experiences and your environment, maybe how you were raised, um, how you were taught about money or not taught about money. But understanding your money mindset is important. You know, you need to understand maybe the different money personalities that may be out there and how they impact you. Like you may be more of a frugal person. Uh, you may be 
someone who is a spender, someone that's spontaneous. And so they have different money personalities and they even have a money psychology quiz. And I'll put the link in the show notes and you guys can go on and take that money psychology quiz to kind of learn more about your money type, your money personality. And then you and your partner can kind of share what that is and understand and understand one another like that will help you understand each other like oh I see you know this person is more of an idealist and and this person is more of a stockpiler and and this person has a celebrity is a celebrity so understanding each other's money personality is also going to help you so I would encourage you to do that um and and then the next thing is really just listen Like I said before, just I want you to really talk to each other, encourage active listening, not listening based on what you want to say or listening to respond, but really actively listening intentionally, trying to understand your partner. Because guess what? If this is a life partner, you're going to be doing this for the rest of your life. And so having a weekly money conversation is also very important. My money conversation with myself, I'm a single woman and mine is on Sundays. And so on Sundays and sometimes Mondays, it just depends. I'm kind of flexible, but I sit out and I look at my money goals. What are my financial goals? Where do I see myself? And be honest about some things that I did the last week, like y'all today, I'm be honest, between yesterday and today, I spent like $40 on Amazon books. I love books. I am such a geek. And so I ordered three books because I have a women business owners book club and I like to always read so that I can recommend the books. And I ordered books. And then I also ordered me a new uh, duvet cover for my bed. And then I needed some chargers for my iPhone. And I I think I spent like $60 today on Amazon. Um, And so, you know, being willing to share that with someone, having that. And if you don't have anybody, then get an accountability partner, another friend that you can be vulnerable with that won't judge you, that won't look at you crazy if you're going to do something and, and always nitpicking. But, you know, if it's, if you, can't find that friend, then be your own accountability partner. But make sure that you understand your money mindset. Make sure that you and your spouse have open conversations about money, your money values, your beliefs. I mean, what do you, what do you, what is that to you? What are money values to you? What do you want your money to do for you as a couple, as an individual? Is security, do you have fear? Does money provide stability for you? Um, So having those conversations, again, and understanding one another's money mindset and having conversation about your money values and your money beliefs are also very important. The next thing is establishing common goals. You know, um, having financial goals as a couple is very powerful. There is not a couple that has come to see me that I work with, that I have the privilege of working with, that comes to me and they are working together with their money and they're not successful. They are always successful. 
even if they come into my office or we schedule a Zoom call and they may it may be a tense conversation for the both of them because now they're sharing things maybe they've never shared before. But when they begin to work together as a team, they achieve their financial goals. I, I have never not seen that happen. And so that's why I encourage making sure you understand. But having common financial goals is very important. So as a couple, you know, having short-term goals and having long-term goals, like what are your short-term goals in the next three years? Is it to buy a house? Is it to pay off debt? Is it to uh, pay for school? Is it for someone to quit their job and be the stay-at-home parent? You know, is it to build a new house, buy an investment? Like, what are the long-term and short-term goals that you two can want to achieve together as a couple? Okay, and that is also important because when you have those goals in front of you and you have your weekly money meetings together, then you always have those at the forefront and you're doing everything together in, in a way to achieve those goals. So making sure that you establish common goals um, as a couple is very important. Long-term goals, short-term goals, that is also very important. The next thing is budgeting together. And I know you say, oh my gosh, I know the B word, right? Everybody hates the B word. And, you know, I tend to find that one spouse may be more um, analytical and technical when it comes to the budget than the other. And then there are times where both of them are like, oh, we don't like that. We don't do budgets. Right. But even if you are the one who does the budget, who ha is the spreadsheet king or queen or person, right? Or you have the app and every penny you can see moving out of your account. Even if that is you and your significant other is not that way, please make sure they know what's going on. And the other person that's not that way, pay attention. You need to know what's going on. You need to understand where the money is going, how the bills are being paid. I can't tell you the number of women who are married and do not know how much their spouse makes, how much the house payment is, how the bills are being paid, what they pay for electricity. Um, I had someone tell me, well, you know, my husband just gives me the credit card and then I just charge what I need and, and he pays the bill. So something happens to him. Now you have no way to get in to pay the bills. You have no way to get into the computer because you weren't involved in the process. You need to be involved in the process. And not just when you are the primary bread owner, breadwinner, but when your significant other is too. If if you two can't share what's going on in the finances and where the money is going, then there's a bigger problem in the relationship that needs to be dealt with because this is extremely important. And we will have sex with someone. We will kiss them. We will share germs. We will do all these amazing things with somebody, but we will not have this conversation. And so building a budget together is something you do together. And everybody should have a say in the budget. It's not like I'm going to build the budget and you get $20 and I get $40. 
everyone should be involved in where the money is going that comes into the house. Every adult, spouse, significant other in the relationship needs to be involved. And so budgeting is is not easy, but it's definitely not hard. They have apps. Um, they have online tools. Um, I use Quicken. I like Quicken. And you can use Mint. Mint is free. Um, and that way you can see all the transactions going on in the bank. You can link everything up and you can see and you can set parameters like how much you're going to spend on eating out, how much you're going to spend on grocery and watching that. It, it, it will tell you like, oops, you're approaching your grocery budget now and you're approaching your your eating out budget so the app will tell you as you set things up, but you guys need to have a budget and a budget is freedom. A budget is when you're telling your money what's going to happen with it. You know, I always equate it to this. If you have children, right, or you have an animal that may be your child, you don't just let them run willy nilly, right? You don't just say, oh, open the door and you go on outside and play and they go play in the street. You know, you have parameters. You give them boundaries. You tell them exactly where they can go, what time they have to be back, all of those things. The same thing with your money. You are in control of your money. Your money does not control you. You should not let it control you. If it's controlling you, that means that either you're spending too much or you don't make enough. And I've been in that situation where it's like, oh, my gosh, it's so controlling and overwhelming. But I will tell you, a budget will help uh, get things in line and will give you the power to tell your money where it's going to go. And it gives you the power to tell you where your money's going to go. So everybody is held accountable to this. So you need to make sure that you have a budget and a joint budget for the household that you're maintaining. You can uh, figure out how to spend and save. And, you know, you should have as a couple, if uh, there's one person that, let's say, both of you make the same amount. Uh, let's say you, you both of you make six figures, maybe your significant other um, makes 250 and you make 150, then you you guys should have at least three months of expenses or three months of income or expenses saved for emergencies to respond to an emergency if something were to happen, right? If you're single and you don't have a significant other, you need a minimum of six months of expenses, a minimum set aside. So those are things working together. If you guys don't have that yet, then establishing a goal as you do your budget to put money aside so that you can continue to build your emergency fund, build a savings plan, a vacation account. Like I actually have different accounts at the bank that are labeled kids account, vacation account, car account. Um, and so I put money in those accounts, you know, budget it move it over there for those items. So a kid needs money, then I can go in that account. Um, the car needs a repair, I go in that account. So having a plan, which is a budget, that's all I'm saying. A budget is just a plan. Make a plan together, not just alone. And let both people need to be involved in making a plan. You just don't, one person just don't make the plan and tell the other person. Be involved. Because you never know 
what the other person may want to do. And, and we're in a relationship, right? So you have to respect each other. And then talk about, you know, the, the last thing is just kind of working together to invest in your future. You know, making sure that you guys do long-term planning together. Um, what if something happens to one of you? What if you have a disability? What's the plan? What if someone's laid off on their job? What's the plan? Uh, do you both agree if you have children that you want to finance their education? Well, how are you planning on doing that together? What are your retirement? What does that look like? You know, do you guys, I met with a couple and they both said it. We want to sell our house and get an RV and travel when we retire. Is that a goal for you guys? What, what do you see for yourself? Having a retirement goal is a couple of plan mapped out for yourself together is important because that drives the financial decisions. You know, there's a sweet, sweet couple that I met a few years ago. Uh, the husband has since passed away, but he, he, his wife loved to travel and always wanted to travel to these, these beautiful places. And the husband said, well, they could, he didn't make a lot of money at the time, but he promised her that if she hung tight, when they, when he retired, that he would take her to all the places she read about. I think it was a deal. Like he would come home from work and she would be reading all the time. And he wanted her to spend time with him because I guess his love language was quality time. And he said, if you won't read when I come home, I will take you to the places you read about. And sure enough, he retired early and they did that. They traveled to every place that she ever wanted to go. It was so amazing. When they came in my office, I about cried. He since passed away, but she has wanted for nothing because they together made a plan. And every year they took a vacation and they did the cool things that she had in her vision. He was sensitive to what she wanted and they worked together as a couple to achieve it. So investing together in your future, working together is extremely, extremely important. And then how do you how do you overcome financial challenges? You know, um, I, 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 I'll be honest and say I may not be qualified to speak from this because I've had financial challenges when I was married. And I don't know that I did the right thing all the time. But I do believe that you can overcome the financial challenges that that life throws at you, right? When life starts lifing and finances get tight and tensions are high and you can't pay your bills or you may be in debt so much and your house is in foreclosure and it's stressful and you're angry and you're hurt. Or maybe you have a spouse that has been betraying you with the finances and you're hurt. You know, one thing that I may encourage is, you know, getting some counseling, working with a therapist to work through the money issues and the other issues that are in the relationship, because it's I believe it's bigger than that. And I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. But I think money made those things could be symptoms of a bigger problem. Just my 50 cents. Right. But nevertheless, dealing with financial challenges Really, you know, I hear these stories of marriages that have lasted the test of time. You see on social media, 57 years married and 40 years married. They had financial challenges in their marriage. I am certain of it. 
and how did they overcome it? Well, everything that I've read and I, when I've talked to people who have been married a long time has been open communication, communicating about how you feel, communicating about the state of your financial situation is paramount and communicating, like I said, non-judgmentally, meaning you can say how you feel right as a person about the situation, the fears, the concerns. Um, maybe upset with the decisions that one of the spouses made, right? Um, maybe they were too risky and you just didn't like the decision. Having the freedom and the and the um comfortability and the the um just the the comfort and safety, safety, that's the word safety, to be able to say to your significant other, I don't agree with that decision. I didn't agree with that decision. You made it and I'm upset about it. You know, so being able to articulate your fears and your worries and your concerns without being accusatory or calling names, but and and being condescending, but speaking your feelings and feeling safe that you're being heard and listened to, you know, and big decisions, you know, when you have to make a big decision, coming together to make those decisions. I don't think one person should come in having made a decision without spoke, speaking to their significant other. But when we're talking about financial challenges, you know, everyone I've spoken to says, open communication, trust in each other. And for those who, um, you know, have faith as their guide, then together they lean on their faith, um, their prayers, whatever, um, however they communicate with God, they do it together and come together in unity to overcome the financial challenges. So I, I would, those would be my tips that I would give you in this February love month to begin to talk about money with your significant other. And if this person is not your spouse yet legally, but you're moving in that direction, you really need to start having these conversations. It's extremely important. And, you know, if you need a third party to do that, they do have therapists available to help you navigate that. And, you know, a book I just ordered, too, that I think is really cool is called Heal Your Relationship with Money. You know, some of us have money trauma. And when you get together with, you know, two people, they come from very different backgrounds, very different households. Uh, one parent may have handled money a certain way and another parent did it another way. And so you come together and it's hard. It's hard to figure out how to navigate that space when one is a saver and another person is a spender or, you know, they didn't they didn't take vacations and because they didn't have money or, you know, or they just didn't pay bills and they just live from one crisis to the next. And so understanding, you know, your your significant other's mindset and their past with money and their relationship with money, how they handled it what it means to them, their values. That's extremely important. So I'm reading this book called Heal Your Relationship with Money. 
Uh, it's by Kara Stevens. I hope one day I can get her on this podcast and um, she can talk to us. But I'm doing that myself because I still have some ways that I was raised that permeate the way I handle money. And I, some of them I just don't like. I really don't like. I get upset with myself. So I would encourage you as a couple Explore that. Explore your relationship with the money. Explore if you have money traumas and things that show up in a negative way for you when it comes to managing money. If you have fear, if you have this mindset that the left hand doesn't need to know what the right hand is doing, you explore that together. Because I tell you, I do not see, from my vantage point, I do not see relationships that are not together on this topic where they're not working together, they're not communicating on this topic, work. I don't see them last. If they do, they're completely separate and there's so much distrust and disloyalty. They're just cohabitating. Now, I, I can't say it for everyone, but I know some of the folks that have come into my office, I've seen that. So I would encourage you, Begin talking with your significant other about money. I know it's a, and even if it's a mess, like even if you have messed up and you run up the credit cards and you spend a lot of money and now you're ashamed and you're embarrassed, hey, this person loves you, right? And the only way you can go get ahead is together. And so talking to them and and if you're the one hearing that your spouse is messed up, give them grace, give them grace, work together to overcome it. And if you need a third party, then get a third party involved. But I'd hate to see, I hate to hear that relationships are falling apart because of this topic. When there's so many resources out there, so many resources out there, resources like myself. I'm a financial planner. I'm not a therapist. Um, and so I do know therapists and I have sent my clients to therapists. So I have therapists as clients and I can send you to one if you come to me and I notice there's tension and mistrust and disloyalty uh, together. Then I'm, I might say, hey, maybe you need to talk to someone and have a third party or an accountability partner but whatever the case may be, push through and get and begin to have this conversation with your spouse. You owe it to them. They owe it to you. I think this will be a start of a, an open, uh, a happy relationship where it's open communication and dialogue without secrets, without fears, without worries and without distrust. OK, well, I hope that helped you today. Listen. I have some, we have some great podcasts coming up in 2024. Again, I want to thank you so very much for downloading this podcast, for listening. I ask you to please subscribe. I would love to get 500 subscribers by April 1st, 2024. And so, if you wouldn't mind, just click that little subscribe button and subscribe to this podcast. We're going to have more good conversations. I'll have more great guests and experts to come on and talk with us about all things related to money so that we can advance forward. Well, I wish you a great day. Uh -huh.
and we'll see you um well i'll talk to you soon bye